You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan Savage and this is the Savage Lovecast, the once a week outlawed version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. Um, it's the holidays, but me and the tech savvy at risk youth are in the Savage Love bunker on the 23rd floor of the Washington Mutual building all by ourselves. And we're here to help uh, because your problems um, continue whether they're holidays or not. And so we may not rest. We are here to help. So today's show, we've got some quick questions. And at the end of the show, we're going to get to a very pressing concern of one of our listeners why are lesbians attracted to women who look like dudes we've got the lesbian perspective on it i didn't touch that one with a 10-foot pole after scalding myself with the why are lesbians so fat question i decided to pass that one on uh to the lesbians themselves and that is coming up at the end of the show but now first your pressing concerns this episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products to spice up your love life. To receive 50% off most any item, plus a free gift with most purchases, please visit AdamandEve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hey, Dan. Uh, my name is Louis. I'm a 21-year-old bisexual male, a bisexual male who is still a virgin. And by virgin, I mean no penetration, no oral just some kissing and pretty much dry humping, heavy petting type thing. Uh, And my question is, how exactly do you know when you have found the right man or woman uh, to give your virginity to? I mean, is it supposed to be a gut feeling? Do you just throw caution to the wind and bang the first piece of ass that comes your way? Uh, Should I be waiting for the perfect moment, or does the perfect moment even exist? I don't know. I'm just really confused right now. I mean, I have the opportunity lose it a couple of times before in the past, but just never really act on it. I mean, I'm getting older. I mean, should the first time be with a man? Should it be with a woman? Uh, should I be in love? Does love even matter at this point? As long as the person I'm with, I'm just wildly sexually attracted to them. I don't know. Okay, there's two approaches to losing your virginity. Man, woman, whatevs. Um, you can uh, take the let's just get this out of the way approach. Let's not attach too much importance to this. Uh, rip off the virginity Band-Aid and, you know, bang somebody, somebody you like. It doesn't have to be, you know, the first toothless street alcoholic that makes a pass at you. You can find somebody that, you know, you maybe you don't think you're going to spend your whole fucking life with, but somebody you like well enough that you could share this rather important moment with. Um, and then there's the, this is so transcendently mystical, magically important that I can't just squander this, where then you're constantly scrutinizing everybody who makes an offer, uh, not on the basis of whether they're a nice enough person to share this important moment with, but whether they're the one that you're going to spend your whole fucking life with. And the problem with that second approach is that you never know if it's the one you're going to spend your whole fucking life with. People marry people and, and, they, and they're wrong. They divorce. People get married to people they think they're going to spend their whole lives with and blow it. So if somebody who, you know, is in their mid, late 20s, early 30s, screws up the choice of a life partner, screws up the choice of the big church wedding, makes a mistake about that, you know, the odds that someone who's young and naive and inexperienced uh, 
making the right choice around spending my whole life with this person. This person is so transcendently important that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gift them with my freaking virginity are really slim. So I advocate the first approach, which is find somebody you like well enough, somebody you feel a connection with, even if it's a momentary connection, even if it's only a summer thing or a Christmas holiday thing, uh, somebody who seems safe and respectful, somebody who knows you're a virgin. That's information I think the other person has a right to have at their fingertips or their tip of their tongue or the tip of their dick before they fuck you. Uh, and, and then just get it over with, uh, which doesn't diminish its importance. A lot of people lose their virginities uh, to folks uh, that it wasn't a lifelong relationship and they, they look back with fondness on the moment and with gratitude uh, to and for the person who uh, alleviated them of that virginity problem. And now here is uh, – I'm going to torment you with a study, uh, which I don't do very often. But in the January 2008 issue of the American Journal of Public Health – there's a new study that shows that men, particularly men, who lose their virginities at a later age, which they define as 21 to 23 years of age, so you're already in the sweet spot, tend to be more likely to experience sexual dysfunction problems later, according to a report at abcnews.com. Uh, the research was done by Columbia University and the New York State Psychiatric Institute's HIV Center for Clinical and Behavioral Studies. And I'm just going to quote ABC News. Men who lose virginity in their 20s in particular seem to be more likely to experience sexual problems that include difficulty becoming sexually aroused and reaching orgasm. So let's get this virginity thing over with, shall we? Let's just rip that goddamn Band-Aid off, shall we? Let's stop scrutinizing every dude and woman who comes along uh, you know, with this impossible sort of uh, – uh, these impossible high standards. Like, oh, are they worthy? They're worthy. If they want to fuck you and you want to fuck them, they're worthy. Get it over with. Hey, Dan Savage. I've been dating a guy since um, June, um, and it's going really well. I really like him, and I want to tell him I love him, which I do, but I don't want to... Um, put the relationship on the line or stress him out. And it kind of took a while for him to call me um, his girlfriend. That didn't really happen. We didn't have that defining talk until about October. And now it is um, the end of December. So it's been a couple months. Things are going really well. Anyway, my question is, how do you know when to drop the L-bomb? And what happens if you say it and someone doesn't say it back? Do I, you know, is there like a time frame where it's acceptable to wait around to hear it or if you throw that out there and you don't get it back is your relationship doomed so about telling your boyfriend you love him yeah oh i i think what you need to do is acknowledge his discomfort uh-huh and tell him without actually using the word which would allow you there, you know, then to say, I'm having this feeling, but I know that you're easily spooked, hence the you know, inability to call me your girlfriend for the longest time. So I'm going to do you the courtesy of not actually using the word, but actually letting you know that you're getting in deep with me because I'm feeling it, but I'm sensitive enough emotionally not to burden you with the actual uh, yeah. word itself at this time. I'm up to, I really like you. <laughs> I think you should uh, press on with that. And, and I would encourage you to use some other word. Look at yeah. it and say, you know, I blank you. I really blank you. Start using uh, not a euphemism but a substitute. I care about you. Yeah. yeah, and you should be able to do it with a wink. Like, you know I'd love what I'd like to say, but I'm not going to say because 
I don't want to spook you too much, but I'm feeling it, so you need to know that. And then it does right. two things. You get to say it, really. For all intents and purposes, you've said it. Once you mm-hmm. get to that wink and nudge, oh, I sort of like you so much that it's, you know, a thousand percent like, which is love, right? Um, right. And also, it communicates to him that you're an emotionally sensitive partner. Right. And that you care about how he feels and you don't want to scare the shit out of him. But it yeah. come on notice that sooner or later, if he keeps dating you, he's going to have to face up to the fact that it's love, just like he previously had to face up to the fact that you were boyfriend and girlfriend. Right. I guess I'm at the point where I'm like, what if that never happens, but I don't want to, what if what, you know. What if it never happens and he says What if he never says it first? <laughs> Which is why you should start doing what uh, I suggest. And he'll get there. How long have you guys been dating? Um, our first date was in June, and then we had kind of a month off, and then uh, pretty solidly since July. Okay. Well, you know, so, I think been a little bit. I think between nine and twelve months is a pretty decent time to say I love you for the first time. Okay. So I wouldn't feel like just because you're feeling it as strongly as you're feeling it that there's something you know there's some cancer in the relationship if he doesn't say it exactly when you would like him to say it. People arrive at different places and emotionally at different times. And yeah, because you know how it makes it puts on like him is being sensitive to his viewings about the you know what that word means. You know, obviously, right? You know, some people think it's it's a bad sign when somebody is reluctant to prematurely use a word like girlfriend or love. I often right. think that's a good sign. That means the person right. catches some importance to those words. Well, I don't want to start the like you know stop clock of if I if I say it then it's like okay you have two weeks and then then you don't love me and it's awful uh you know right so do it with humor say I blank okay. you just stop you know what stop using the word like okay I really blank you you know that I blank you and All do right. it with a laugh in your voice do it with a, a smile in your voice and he'll get it and he'll get that he's on notice and he'll get that he has time alright okay thanks so much Good love yourself Thanks, love Thanks. you too. Or love you, loving my show. Ew, that was weird. Oh, good. See, what happened? You used the word love, and then I felt obligated to use the word love. I know. Hey, you. That, that helps, so too. <laughs> I'm no longer comfortable with our relationship. This phone call relationship of ours, I really feel like I need to end it, because you've totally oh, okay. using the word love. See how that works? That's great. That's, that's, that's okay. I blank you blanking my show. Okay. I adore it. All right. There you go. Bye. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products to spice up your love life or surprise a special someone. Choose from a great selection of toys, lingerie, and movies featuring stars like Jenna Jameson, Carmen Luvana, and Tara Patrick. Visit AdamandEve.com today and receive 50% off any item of your choice, plus a free gift with a purchase of $17 or more. That's AdamandEve.com, and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hey, Dan. Um, there's a thing. So I'm gay, and I have a co-worker who is straight and married. So that means he's not straight because he's hitting on me. And uh, basically he said he would like to do X, Y, Z. And uh, he's not looking for a relationship. He's just looking for the sex. And, and he says it's in a nice way, whatever the hell that means. So and I'm interested. Uh, it's been a while. And uh, he's nice and he's safe. But here's my thing. I... One in my own life I've been cheated on, and uh, this is not something he's cleared with his wife, so that that was made plain. I'm like, well, where do I go from here? Uh, yeah, I'd like to do something, but he's going to be cheating on his wife if we do anything. And that means that I will be, I think, 
at least 50% responsible in my head, you know, because I'll be knowingly participating. So, yeah, I think I'm kind of answering my own question because I don't want to be in that kind of situation. But I guess it's the summoning about you. I mean, this guy, obviously, and he said it himself, he's always had these desires and he chose not to deal with it. Uh, he got married instead. He's been married for a while. Um, and now he's finally like, hey, you know what? I have uh, kids. <laughs> And uh, I'd like to uh, explore this side of myself, but he's afraid to talk to his wife about it because he's pretty sure she'll divorce him. And he likes her. He loves his wife. He likes his family. It just He wants to touch this other part of himself. So, I don't know. I feel for him because if I was in that situation, I'd be pretty bent out of shape too. Before I get to the meat of uh, the issue here, I just want to say I love you. I love you so much. Now, uh, you better call me right back and tell me you love me because that's how that L word works. Um... Here's the thing. Uh, you could be selfishly banging boots with this straight guy because you want to fuck him and he wants to fuck you and it's hot. And you can be you know, an amoral piece of shit or an immoral piece of shit uh, and, and do so with uh, no regard for his wife's feelings or uh, you know, his children uh, and, and his family and their security and waka, waka, waka. You could also regard this as a mercy mission of sorts. <laughs> um and, and and view this not so much as uh, just opportunistic sex with a, a lying piece of shit, but sex with somebody who, under duress, because it sounds like he's under a lot of pressure, he made a choice to be closeted, to get married, to wall himself off from his sexuality with family and children, and make uh, being the gay person that he probably is an impossibility. And then, like a lot of tormented closet cases, particularly Mormons uh, do this, they realize later in life after they've had the after they have the wife after they have the children um, that they have to face up to this sooner or later that they can't deny this forever and then there's a lot of damage done to wives who were lied to uh, children who were who you know some of whom always regard themselves as uh, created uh, you know not not brought into this world because mom and dad wanted children or wanted them for them, but brought into this world to prevent daddy from being who daddy actually was. And if daddy had been who daddy actually was all along, they wouldn't exist because daddy would have been blowing loads up butts and not in mom. Now, this guy is going to go fuck some dude. If not you, who? You sound like, because you have these moral qualms, a relatively responsible dude. Like you're not going to... Give him a disease. You're going to engage. You're going to engage him sexually with some degree of consideration for the existence of this duped wife and these uh, children. And so, you may be able to bring him out, uh, perhaps out of the closet, uh, because a lot of people who you know believe that they've nailed the closet door shut only begin to realize that that's not how they can live. Not only is it not how they want to live, but they're not going to be able to live like that once they've you know. Cross that, cross the river. Once they've had some of that gay sex, they've been denying themselves all along. They realize they have to face up to it and begin to come out uh, and, and live their lives op with some degree of openness and honesty and integrity. So it's not just potentially sex that you're having. It's you're, you may be potentially fucking some sense into this guy, right? You know, it's very gray. That's why I'm hemming and hawing here. You know, it's bad. It's bad. It potentially is what he needs. And in the long run, will be better for everyone. You know, the, the, the sooner mom is out of this relationship uh, or his wife is out of this relationship and she can find someone who actually loves her and is actually capable of 
forming a truly complete intimate bond with her as a woman, uh, the happier she's going to be over the long run. Uh, and, and the kids are always going to be fucked because mom and dad got divorced and blah, blah, blah. But what, you, what can you do? You can't uh, make an omelet without breaking a few souls in the process. Um, so I'm just going to throw it back on your lap. You can talk to this guy. You can force him to recognize the moral uh, quagmire. You can force him to come to terms with some honesty about what it is he's actually doing and what it is actually means that you two are going to have sex. And you can, even as the you know despicable other woman, insist uh, as a condition of you fucking him that he begin to engage at least with himself and you with some honesty about who he actually is and what it actually means and what he's going to do about it in the long run. Because if he fucks you and realizes that gay is who he is and men uh, are, are what he wants or a man is what he wants, that has repercussions, that has consequences uh, for his life, for his family's life, for his wife, for his kids. And you can be the gay guy who, you know, fucks him, gives him a taste of what he could have all his life, what he could have in his life, and then lobs questions at him about what kind of person he's going to be from here on out. Uh, Does that totally absolve you? Uh, And does that make it all better? Does that make this not cheating? Does that make you not a co-participant in this adulterous encounter? Not quite. But it does put, you know, an inch of... uh, Decency frosting on a mile-thick piece of shit cake. Hello, I am 17 and male, and for the past two years I've identified as bisexual. However, I'm, I'm not quite sure anymore. I, I, I don't think I could ever be straight, though I don't, I don't know if I'm completely homosexual. I, I really don't know how, how these sorts of things work out. I'm, you know, I've been raised in a Christian conservative family where... Sex is not a not a topic. So, I I currently have a girlfriend, and I I love her. I I, I enjoy company with her, and I do become aroused when um, we get a little bit hot and heavy. We do not have sex. We I'm still a virgin. She's still a virgin. We 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 haven't whipped it out yet. But I I don't know. I I do I beat off to a gay porn, and. I'm torn. I, I I really don't know what I am. So maybe you could slap a label on me. Uh, what am I, Dan? Before we get to my advice, I want to actually have you listen uh, to yourself and listen to the way you say the word bisexual, the way you say the word straight, and the way you say the word homosexual. Here we go. Here's you, here's you using the word bisexual. For the past two years, I've identified as bisexual. Okay, so for the past two years, you've identified as bisexual. You say that as if you don't believe it and as if you don't want me to believe it. It sounds so tentative. You say it with such hesitancy. You say it like it isn't true, and you know it's not true. For the past two years, identified as bisexual. It's like a turd on a fork. All right, moving on. I, I don't think I could ever be straight. Another turd, another fork. And, and what I mean by that is you're sort of holding the fork out at arm's length. There's a turd on it and you're looking at it and you're going, ew, what is that? I don't think I could ever be straight. No, you don't think you're straight. I don't think you're straight. And from the way you said bisexual, I don't think you're bisexual and you don't think you're bisexual either, which leaves... I don't, I don't know if I'm completely homosexual. I- okay, sorry to cut you off there, but 
homosexual is the only word that you use with any degree of comfort. I don't know if I completely homosexual. Blah, blah, blah. Homosexual is the only word that doesn't sound like it's being dragged out of you. The only word it doesn't sound like you're having to force yourself to say it. It sounds like when you say homosexual, it's the only one of the big three that doesn't sound like you're lying. To me, to yourself, to yourself, to me, to the listeners, to your girlfriend. You know, maybe I'm reading too much into it. There's a little like handwriting analysis. It's like bullshit and I'm seeing what I want to see. But I believe I'm seeing what's actually the case here. If you beat off exclusively to uh, gay porn, you're gay. Uh, I would like to know when you're sexual with your virgin girlfriend uh, and you're both actively preserving your virginities together, what goes through your head? Now, when you're young and horny, you know, you can hump a sofa and it doesn't make you a sofa sexual that you can get off rubbing up against the sofa. It just means that you're so horny that basically anything will do. And having a warm body next to you, you know, when I was a teenager, I fucked girls a bit. Uh, having a warm body next to you can do it because your hormones will meet anything halfway, including the sofa. But if when you're messing around with the girlfriend, it's the gay porn loop that's playing in your mind. When you're messing around with your girlfriend, what you really wish she would do for you is grow a penis and drop the tits. You're probably gay. And just reading into the way you say bisexual, straight, and homosexual, I think you're a homo. Now, what do you need to do? Uh, I mean, you don't even ask what you need to do. You just ask, what are you? You know what? You're a fag. You're a fag like me. You're a fag like 10 million other fags. Um, I get calls all the time, letters all the time for people who ask what they are and might usual response via email back to them is what do you think about when you beat off and that's almost invariably what you are blanche and blanche you're a fag um now what do you do you didn't ask what you do uh but i'm going to tell you what you do you break up with the girlfriend at uh the the earliest opportunity the longer you drag this relationship out the, the longer you're going to allow her to become emotionally involved with you. And she probably can very easily get emotionally involved with you because unlike most of the guys uh, out there, you're not trying to get in her pants uh, and you respect her virginity because probably deep down in your reptile brain, the last thing you want to do is put your penis in her vagina. So it's easy for you to respect her virginity. Uh, the longer it goes on, when you do eventually come out, uh, the, the, the greater the degree of hurt that she will experience will be because you will have lied to her all that time. Um, and then what do you do about the parents and the raised in a conservative Christian household and they're paying for certain things? Uh, you hold your tongue. You, as a lot of gay teenagers have to do, recognize that uh, you're in a lot of danger here, uh, that there's a power imbalance. Um, if your parents are going to pay for your education and you don't think they can handle the truth about who their son actually is, you have a right, I think, to withhold that information until such a time as you're no longer dependent on them and they can't wield uh, you know, their financial power over you as a, as a stick to beat you with if you come out to them. Um, and then when they are no longer uh, empowered in that way to hurt you if you tell them the truth, at the very earliest opportunity, instantaneously, you must tell them who you are. You must come out. Um, that can be you know, the day you get out of high school if you get a scholarship and you can pay for college yourself or, or it can be the day you graduate from college when you're no longer dependent on them. Um, I think the sooner the better in general, but every gay teenager has to decide for himself just how fucking crazy uh, the family will be when they're told the truth. And if you're from a very conservative Christian household, uh, families can be quite crazy indeed. And uh, while you are young and while you're a minor, while they can pack you off to ex-gay therapy or ex-gay camps, um, 
which a lot of fundy Christian parents do when their kids come out, you have to decide for yourself when the right moment is when you're not in any danger anymore. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. In answer to your question, total fag. Welcome to the club. A couple of weeks ago, we got a call from uh, Macho in Miami who wanted to know why lesbians uh, seem to be attracted to uh, fake men when they had all these real men at their disposable. Anyway, I'm not going to do it justice. Let's listen to his call, and then we'll get to the lesbian responses. Hey, Dan, this is Macho from Miami. Uh, Me and a co-worker, um, by the way, I'm straight male, and uh, I like your podcast, actually. I think I'm addicted to it. Anyway, uh, me and a coworker were discussing something, and I thought maybe you would be the one to answer it. And it is, why do lesbians like manly, butch, bulldike women? Why is it that gay men, you know, prefer, you know, most gay men, young, attractive, you know, fit, good-looking men, while lesbians... I see these girls, these gorgeous girls with these other girls that look like men. Why wouldn't they just date a man? What is that phenomenon and what, you know, and then when you're, you, the only thing we could come up with is maybe they like the sensitivity of a woman. They don't like the manliness of a man, but then some of these women that I see, they're, they're like very aggressive towards the, they almost act like a jealous man. And um, it's almost like, why wouldn't they date a real man instead of a fake man? We tossed Macho's question out there to our lesbian listeners because we just, you know, I wanted to get out of the way. It was going to be a high fire zone when you say something like, why have a fake man when you can have a real man? So toss it out there to the lesbians. Here are the lesbians. Hear what they have to say. Hi, Dan. This is a 23-year-old dyke calling to reply to Macho Mike's uh, question. I think there are a lot of factors involved in why I at least am attracted to butch women, like how masculine clothes can really highlight that a woman is a woman. You know, like if she's wearing a man's shirt and you see some cleavage or if she's wearing suspenders that frame her breasts. But I think for me it's mostly about predictability. You know who's gay. If they're dressed butch, the chances that they at least might be attracted to you go way up. And frankly, I don't think there's anything that's less of a turn-on than knowing that someone will never, ever, ever be into you, unless it's Rachel Maddow, in which case uh, nothing could possibly turn me off about that woman. Um, And you also know who's likely to run the show at the beginning. I mean, it's not perfect. It's the the same with straights, I think. You don't know that the man is going to ask the woman out. You don't know that the man is going to pay, and you don't know that the man is going to initiate everything but it gives you a framework to start from. And I think that makes everything a little easier. So I think it's a lot the same with some butches and femmes. You get a little bit of, you know, probably she'll run the show until you start getting to know each other and then you can work it out more on an individual basis. So that's one of the reasons I am into butch women and I hope this helps. So for this lady, it's about roles. When you see the Butch Dyke, she says, I will take the masculine role. I will take the lead. Uh, that can be helpful when somebody says, uh, when, when, when <laughs> I suppose it can be helpful when you borrow the whole heterosexual, uh, patriarchal sort of structure, paradigm, waka waka, whatevs. I think that's one of the things that confuses people when they see Butch Femme lesbian couples is as there's this whole lesbian dialogue about rejecting the patriarchy, rejecting heterosexual uh, 
roles and codes, and then you see it replicated, uh, perhaps because it is convenient. There's something to uh, the expectations being met, something to uh, being able to make assumptions about who will take the lead that can facilitate, at least at the beginning, the start of something very beautiful. Thanks for your call. Next one. Hi, Dan. My name is Kim, and I am calling in response to the call that you received from Macho in Miami. Basically, what it comes down to, it's not like his main question was like, why does this hot dyke not date a man? And I'm a fairly androgynous dyke. I'm not semi at all, but I'm really attracted to butch women. And you know why I don't date a man instead of like hot butch women? Because butch women have vaginas. And when it comes down to it, the thing that all lesbians should have in common by definition is that they dig the pussy. Short and sweet. Lesbians dig the pussy, whatever it's attached to. But here's an interesting difference between the lesbians and the gay gentlemen. Uh, is that you can stick uh, a dick on a lady, a shemale, a, a tranny escort, and the gay guys aren't going to be into it. No matter how dicky the dick is, however big the dick is, it's not all about dick. That uh, It does seem that for gay guys, uh, a dude can be too feminine. And for lesbians, a lot of times a dude can't be too masculine. Uh, a, a super masculine lesbian, a total butch dyke, is going to get a lot of play out there in lesbian land. Uh, a shemale, uh, a guy, uh, you know, a lady with a dick, isn't going to get a lot of play from gay men. Going to get a lot of play from straight men, which tells us a lot that we need to know about straight guys. Thanks very much for your call. Let's uh, go to what which should really blow uh, Macho in Miami's mind. The next call. Hey Dan, I'm calling in response to Macho from Miami. Who wanted to know why lesbians prefer women instead of you know real men. Um, and as a mostly lesbian, I've experienced both sides of the coin, and I can t- say definitively that one of the big advantages the lesbians have is that they have a silicone dick, so they don't go soft right before you're about to come. Ooh, snap! That lesbian dick, it never goes soft. It never, you know, goes anywhere. You leave it right in the drawer. It's always right where you need it. Um, that should really blow Mike and Miami's mind. There's a lot of... Uh, lesbians out there these days thanks to uh pioneering lesbian penetrators like uh rachel and claire at babeland who really enjoy the penetrative sex who really enjoy the strap on who have their own dicks who have assortments of dicks selections of dicks um some of them look like turtles and some of them look like dolphins but they use them like dicks still and some of them look like great big sweaty cocks so here you have lesbians ladies into ladies who like the cock or a facsimile of the cock, so long as that cock is being wielded by another lady. So there is something to the whole, like, gender fuckery aspect of lesbian sexuality as expressed. Because you don't see gay men strapping on uh, artificial pussies that often. But gay men don't necessarily have to, because we have the butt and we have the dick, so we can do insertion either way. Uh, if you're into insertion, if you're into penetrative sex and you're two women, you're going to have to, you know bring in the marital aids doesn't mean you'd rather have a guy in bed with you it just means you still want to be penetrated you still want your pussy pounded but you want your pussy pounded by your lesbian female lover and uh strap-ons make that possible thank you so much for that uh, very important contribution to this conversation hey dan uh just listen to the podcast <laughs> uh it took all of my strength not to vomit 
when I heard Macho Mike's question for all the uh, lesbos out there. Um, I am a 28-year-old lesbian living in a gay mecca um, at Jewel of the East Coast. We know as New York. Um, I'm femme, and I've dated women who are femme, and I've dated women who are a little butch. Um, but the first part of the question, I just want to start by saying that I think what he's missing is all the hot femmes who are also dating other hot femmes, because there are a lot of them. And I think Macho Mike is not noticing them because he's assuming they're straight, which is a really big thing. I find that when I date another femme chick, men usually try to pick one or more of us up, like one or both of us up, um, which is always awkward. Um, and the second part of that, I think when I'm dating a butch woman, I think what's attractive about it is how confident and sexually aggressive they are. Um, and that's not common with, like, average chicks. Um, and it's refreshing and sexy. And why I prefer a butch woman over a quote-unquote real man is because I am a lesbian. So I'm not attracted to men. Um, so butch women have the anatomy that I prefer. But you can appreciate why uh, it's not Macho Mike. It's Macho in Miami. People keep calling him Macho Mike. I don't know where that's coming from. Maybe the expression Dyke Mike is uh, bleeding over onto Macho Miami. The interesting thing, though, is that a lot of straight people assume that, you know, a woman who's attracted to to women should be attracted to, you know, the more hyper feminine uh, a, a woman is, the more attractive she must be to someone who is attracted to women. Um, and that gay guys are only attracted to hyper masculinity. And the truth of it is that a lot of gay men are attracted to guys who are masculine and feminine. There's something about the the blurring of roles and lines uh, with with us, with homos. Uh, and women, too, that there's something about masculine women that attracts women who are lesbians or, or masculine traits. And what's interesting with the gays uh, and the lesbians is we don't regard that as uh, in any way problematic or somehow something that disproves uh, that we're actually attracted to our own gender. Straight people seem to get hung up on it. Uh, and, and what's ultimately, I think, the most ironic about that is nobody says to the straight guy who marries the lacrosse-playing, uh, slightly butch, uh, can-fix-her-own-car uh kind of masculine woman who's straight nobody says to that straight guy oh my god you really are gay otherwise you wouldn't be attracted to this woman who has any masculine traits at all uh or to you know the woman who's attracted to a guy who's a little bit nelly the straight guy's a little bit nelly and they exist that she must not really be completely heterosexual otherwise she couldn't possibly be attracted to this guy who had a little bit of blurring the funny thing is when straight people uh, are attracted to people who's, who are a little bit blurred, who are a little bit, you know, women with masculine traits and men with uh, feminine traits, that is not regarded as in any way disproving or undermining their heterosexual identity. But they scrutinize our relationships and they see, you know, a gay guy with a slightly femme gay guy and they think, well, why aren't you just straight then? Or uh, a woman with a masculine woman with a butch dyke and think, well, why aren't you just straight then? And they don't apply that same scrutiny to their own relationships, which I think is highly ironic. Thank you for your call. Moving on. Hi, Dan Savage. It's Caitlin in Chicago calling in response to Macho Mike. I'm wondering if he's ever stepped outside of his self-centered world to consider the possibility that the reason he doesn't find lesbians attractive is that they're not trying to attract him. They're trying to attract me. My girlfriend is so incredibly hot, but Macho Mike probably thinks she should like 
grow her hair long and dye it blonde. I think her sideburns are super sexy, and I would hate her hair hanging in my face when she kisses me. Macho Mike thinks that she would be so much better looking if she wore makeup, but her beautiful brown eyes are so perfect that she doesn't need any like chemicals piled around them. Um, Macho Mike and I would probably agree on how wonderful her boobs are, but instead of wearing bras that make them look great under T-shirts, he would probably want her to like pile into some uncomfortable cleavage-bearing contraption. As to why I would rather date her than some real man, well, as you say, Dan, women are bitches and men are pigs, and I'd rather date a bitch any day. Plus, I'm sure she can fuck me so much better than Macho Mike. Thanks for your call. You know, interestingly enough, we haven't really heard from a butch yet. We've heard from all these femmes, presumably, who are into all these butches and their silicone dicks and their no makeup and their short hair and their boyish ways. Uh, but we haven't heard from a butch. We're going to give the last word to a butch dyke. Hey, so I'm a butch dyke. I'm trying to talk to you about this. It's hard for me to talk about, you know, why girls dig me. <laughs> I think I think it comes down to a lot about with a butch dyke, a lady gets, like, the good part of chivalry without the bad part. You know, like, when I can, when I can afford it, I like to take my girlfriend out. Um... I like to, I don't know, let her have the upper hand as much as I can. I try to treat her like a lady. But then on the other hand, I'm not going to ask her to change her name to mine when we get married. I'm not going to expect her to, like, stay home, take care of the kids. I'm not going to, like, talk over her, interrupt her. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, if I'm going to make stereotypes about (laughs) why fans love butches, I'm going to have to make stereotypes about the heteros. So it's going to be, you get the good, hopefully, you know, if all goes best, a lady's going to get, like, the good part of a man with the good part of a woman, (laughs) Uh, if it all works out right. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, I think, like, the queers, they just like the gender vendors, like, the fact, like, one of the surreal things about my life is that queers think I'm hot, like, men and women and straight people think I'm, like, the ugliest person they've seen. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's... I'm exaggerating, but, you know, I get, like, hit on by men, like, fags, like, they try to pick me up, and, you know, like, they cruise me, and, you know, I I have, like, a really hot, beautiful girlfriend, so I must say so myself. Like, you know, I can see people surprised and, like, jealousy when they meet her, <laughs> like, straight dudes. I can see it. Um... But on the other hand, you know, like my mom thinks I'm like a, a shame, like a whore, like like that I'm like throwing away all my good looks by, you know, wearing men's clothing. Um, but that's just how I am. It's just how it rolls, you know. Yeah, and I think also lastly, I'm going on and on, but like, you know, that that book you recommended, like she comes first. You know, every fucking dyke knows that. Come on, like every butch dyke knows that. To like, just take that to the Nth power, you know, multiply that by ten, and that's what that's what my girlfriend gets. I hate to brag, but <laughs> the question is just asking me to brag. Like that lady the other day, like saying her husband would go down on her for like twenty minutes. You know, I would love to go down on her for twenty minutes, an hour, whatever. I don't give a shit. Like I'll fist my girlfriend, I'll strap it on, I'll do like I, I love it. We all love it. Like it's it's the good stuff. Like. I'm not going to make it into some job or like getting her off is not some job. That's, I think that's why women love butches. 
Well, we're going to give you the last... Well, we were going to give you the last word. We're going to give me the last word because it's my show. Um, the One particular torment of the existence of the Butch Boyish Dyke, of course, uh, you touched on in your, in your response is you attract the attention of gay men. I can't tell you how many times I've been, you know, in a supermarket or walking down the street in my queerish neighborhood and I'll see some hot guy out of the corner of my eye and, you know, I'm not really cruising because I don't really like to have sex with people I meet on sidewalks or supermarkets or street corners, but I'll check him out and I'll look him up and down and he'll notice me look him up and down and he'll smile and I'll get, you know, we'll walk closer to each other and I'll go, oh my God, that's a lady. Oh my God, that's a dyke. Oh my God, I'm cruising someone with a vagina. I'm cruising someone that, however uh, sort of hot and masculine and boyish she looks on the outside, boy, if I peeled that Onion, I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> so it's not just the uh, straight guys who are confused sometimes by the existence of the butch lesbian. Sometimes us fags, your brothers in queerdom, are confused too, but in a delightful uh, gender-fucky way that we appreciate. Because uh, I actually really dig tripping over the occasional dyke that, you know, if she grew a penis, I might want to do. And we'll have to leave it there because I've managed to make myself uncomfortable now. Not just my listeners, my boyfriend, and all the butch dykes in Seattle. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to record a question for a future show, give us a buzz. Please include a callback number in case we have a follow-up question for you. And we promise not to broadcast that. Once again, the number, 206-201-2720. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com. And you can uh, download us every week at www.thestranger.com. Dot com. Happy New Year, everybody. Keep your questions coming, and we'll keep the answers rolling. Thanks very much. We'll be back at you next week. Me and the tech savvy at-risk youth with another installment of the podcast.